Appamata and its programs are supported by your generosity and your generosity and support makes such a difference. You can find a link for contributions on the website at appamata.org. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. <clears throat> Welcome to the, <clears throat> excuse me, Sunday morning Dharma talk. So I'd like to welcome all the folks in the sanghas, various sanghas from Madison, England, Switzerland, uh, and Alpine, and then our friends in Chicago, uh, Hawaii, um, Albuquerque, Vancouver, Scotland, and all those areas in between. Welcome, welcome. Uh, I'd like to start with the upcoming events. There's just a few of them, and I want to be sure that I, I mention them because they're important. They're things that are coming up pretty quick. So uh, the first one is um, next, no, yeah, the 8th and 9th of April. There's a one day sitting who, that's going to be um, um, presented by uh, Joel. It starts, it's the 9th and 10th, I'm sorry. It's Friday night and then all day Saturday. Uh, so um, the registration for that should be coming out soon. So you can sign up for that. Um, and then the following day, the 11th of April, um, we'll be for the Dharma talk on Sunday, we'll be doing uh, the ceremony for um, Buddha's birthday. So that should be fun. And it should be very interesting how we film it because we're going to try to do it in the garden. So um, anyway, we look forward to that. So please come. Uh, also, I just want to announce there's been a lot of announcements about it already, but uh, having tea with Kim, it is such a pleasure. If you do it and uh, on Zoom, uh, his wife will do part of the tea ceremony for you, and it's just enchanting. I highly recommend doing that. And then I hear he's been doing some uh, with people who have been vaccinated. So either way, um, sign up for that. It would be a great opportunity to talk with him. Also, uh, Kim will be uh, doing the introduction to Zoom classes. It's a series of three classes. Um, the dates are the 7th of April, the 21st of April, and the 5th of May. Um, and what time of day is that, Kim? It's 12.05 uh, to 12.55, but it's not introduction to Zoom, it's introduction to Zen practice. Did I say Zoom? I'm sorry. <laughs> they might be the same thing, I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry. That may be the way this, this goes here today. Anyway, um, and lastly, I'd like to announce uh, the precepts program will be offered uh, late April. So um, you'll, there'll be a, a notice going out on that too. But I just wanted to, you all to know that that's, these are the things that are um, coming up right now. Is there anything else that I missed that I need to mention? Okay. Workday, workday. Oh, day. yeah, 
today we have a work day. It starts at 11.30 to 3.30. You can go in hour shifts, I guess. Um, there's a lot to do in the garden. The garden has really uh, exploded, mostly in weeds, but um, in other things as well. So uh, we could really use some, some help out there. So, and there are other various tasks related to that. Um, I'm not sure who's head of that. Uh, at any rate, there'll be somebody heading it up. Jessica, and you can sign up by uh, finding the email that she sent. Do you need to sign up, Kim? Well, she only wants four people at a time. Ah, very good. Okay, thank you. All righty, I think that's it. So off we go. Um, so in this practice, we are, when I look at this, am I looking, do you feel like I'm looking at you guys? Okay, it's really hard. There's like a foot space there and I always wanna see people's faces. So anyway, I'm gonna to try to focus on the camera. We'll see how that goes. Or anyway, so um, we consistently hear from our Zen teachers that this is an embodied practice. And uh, the question for this day, for today's talk is, what is the actual feeling of true practice? So this, this whole question came up in a Dharma talk by Suzuki Roshi. The talk is called uh, Being Kind With Yourself. And that talk is uh, contained in, uh, it was transcribed for the book, Not Always So. And I, I read this talk and I was very intrigued by it for several reasons. One was a question of language and just the way he's approach, approaching the idea of true practice, what that what that feels like. So from the beginning, uh, Suzuki Roshi says the aim, the goal here is uh, to have a complete experience or what he calls full feeling in every moment of practice. Complete experience or full feeling. Um, and he also says that in Zen Buddhism, enlightenment and in practice are one. Okay, so those are kind of the underlying things. So Suzuki Roshi talks about uh, his early days in the monastery and um, he there were a lot of things that, that, that weren't explained he didn't understand. And, um, and so when he would practice, he would, he would say to himself, well, uh, I understand this much, and so I'm gonna practice, um, and next year I'll understand a little bit more. And so he found that with that over time, he realized that that approach to his practice was not optimal in the sense that because he was thinking of the future of knowing more, he wasn't focusing on just now and what he was doing in practice. 
and because of that, it, he called it a step ladder uh, approach or step ladder zazen. And he says that, you know, you might do that too. And if so, you might think about it because um, it doesn't really make much sense. And it doesn't make one, you're never satisfied with your practice. Um, because there's kind of this looking ahead. Well, it's this way, but it's going to be, you know, um, which I thought was a very interesting way of looking at that. Instead, he suggests that when we approach practice, it's more a question of having a warm, big satisfaction. And if that isn't there, that it's not true practice. He says, if you, if you try to maintain this right posture that we are instructed to do and count breaths like you're instructed to do, it can be a very lifeless zazen, in fact. And why is that? because you're just following instructions. You're not really there. But most importantly, he says, it's because you're not being kind to yourself. And the teacher's instruction is actually to encourage the students to be kind with themselves. So he says, don't just count your breaths with the idea that you'll avoid your thinking mind. Rather, be kind with your, your breathing, which means be with the breathing. Watch the first breath, the inhalation, then the exhalation, and then the next breath, the same, paying attention. He says, if you do this, then you will have a warm feeling. His, his, the word warm, warm feeling drives me crazy because I think it's, <laughs> I'm not exactly sure what he means. I have an idea, <laughs> but I'm not quite sure. At any rate, he says warm feeling. Uh, he's, his native language is Japanese. So I think that has it, you know, that's playing in here. At any rate, um, and he also recommends that we pay attention to our posture in the same way. That is, we pay attention to it and not just, you know, to do what we're told, to be following, but rather to realize, to be kind in that, to have this kindness toward ourselves in our posture. We're taking care of our bodies when we're doing it. This posture that we use is something that was developed over millennia. So it's being kind while we're doing it. He compares it to um, the natural feeling that a mother might have towards her child. Now, when I think of this, I don't think of a warm feeling. I think more specifically of tender care. So that's kind of the way I'm interpreting it. Um, maybe that's right, maybe it's not. 
but anyway that's kind of so there's there's a there's a it's more than just a warm feeling it's you know when the child um, is crying or, or needs something the mother acts she might not know what'll make it happy but she acts she does this kindness to it so is it tender care is it mindful care is it compassion i i yeah that's up to debate i don't know anybody can say what they think that might be does anybody have any ideas based on what i'm describing yeah i can't hear you can i, can I? there there you are so um i was thinking that um the result of tender care is warmth. Uh huh. A warm feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's kind of what I think. But anybody have any ideas either? Okay. Anyway, so um, Suzuki Roshi says this warm feeling in practice is a good example of, and this is another term that blew me away great mercy of Buddha. I have never heard the great mercy of Buddha. Have you guys heard heard that before? Have you, Joel? I haven't either. I, I don't know where that came from. Anyway, I think may that be a be a transition a translation issue too. <laughs> the person who helped him transcribe. But anyway, um, I I, I kind of substitute great compassion of, of Buddha. I think maybe that's. That's better. But anyway, that kind of threw me in right mercy. Of, and actually, it is online. I, I did some research on it. And it, the, it does, that term does exist. And Kuan Yin comes up and then Canon and Avalokiteshvara. But at any rate, it's, I've never seen that in writing before. Um, <clears throat> so So then, so are we, is he saying that as we sit, we're attentive to each breath, attentive to the body in the way, in, in, with tender care, and in the way of Avalokiteshvara with compassion? Is that, a, that seems to be what he's saying, that that's a part of it. So there's a lot going on when we're sitting. <laughs> we're, you know, we're paying attention to a lot, and then these, you know, have this sense of tender care and then warmth. So I thought that was a, a way that that Zazen or true practice being described was was kind of new. It's a little bit different than how I've heard it before. And so uh, I've been kind of practicing with it since I started reading this and it's a it's it's different it was different for me so when we do a practice in a little bit we'll we'll do that and see if it's different for you or just the same or what have you anyway i'll go on uh so zuki roshi um told a story about uh tozan ryok kai who was a person who had been enlightened many times and as he was crossing a river he saw himself uh, reflected in, in the river. And he came up with a verse. And the verse is, don't try to figure yourself out. 
if you if you try what you understand will be far away from you you will just have an image of yourself so suzuki roshi says actually you are the river you may only see a reflection say in a river or in a mirror but looking closely but looking closely with a warm-hearted feeling that we mentioned before, that is you. I just love that. It was like thinking in those ways brings us closer, is the way I see it, as feeling that, sa that sense that everything is connected all at once. You know, that was kind of my sense of it. But that was... So um, when you see yourself with this warm feeling in the mirror, and whenever you do, you are there. You are there. So then he goes on to say that whenever you do something, now we're talking about act. So whenever you do something with a warm-hearted feeling, Manjushri, the Bodhisattva of wisdom is there, and there is the true you. So, um, and I'm wondering if that rings true for anyone. It, it did for me. It's like, um, you know, we talk sometimes about being in a situation and finding a gap. So the gap where, um, you change your habitual behavior. You're in a kind of a tight spot and then all of a sudden you uh, have a sense of spaciousness and then you act in some way or you say something in a different way and, and the situation can be liberated. You know, you're liberating the situation by what you say and then the interaction completely changes. And I thought, you know, what a great way to express that is Manjushri is there. You know, it's the wisdom, the wisdom part that comes in. I never thought of that that way either. Um, so Manjushri is there. So you do something entirely new in a skillful way. So he says- um, Miriam asked you to repeat uh, that that end with my jewelry saying. Well, I just said basically when you do something with this warm feeling we've been talking about, this tender care and the warmth that comes from it in a situation, yeah. Marin, can you unmute? There you go. Uh, and just a whole paragraph before that that came before the ending that ends with Manjushri said. So you first read like a couple lines. Uh, I was talking and, about the, the river. Was it after the river? Yes, I think so. I don't know. I don't really go. With well, it's just just what you just read. Okay. Well. Um, okay. Before so, Manjushri said. Uh -huh. Well, he didn't say anything, but um, whenever you do something with the warm, this warm feeling, this tenderness, this tender care, and have this warmth, 
um, Manjushri, the, the, the Bodhisattva of yes. wisdom is there. That's it. And so um, not only is he there, there is the true you. There is the true you. And then from there, I was just giving some examples. Thank you. Mm -hmm. You're welcome. All right. So, um, okay. So then, then he goes on to say that when you do something with your warm-hearted mind, there is this that that is actual practice. So it's like this is the key component to our practice. Um, and that's really how to take care of things and how to communicate with others. Well, yeah, <laughs> that's true. And it's not as easy as we think, but um, when it happens, you know, it's, I mean, it's, it's clear. It's Manjushri's wisdom and cutting through and just saying what needs to be said. So regardless of your situation or circumstance, whatever you do, Anjushri is there with you. And according to Suzuki Roshi, the secret is not to forget this true mercy of Buddha or the compassion of Buddha. I prefer to say it that way. It makes more sense to me. And the, and the compassion um, of Buddha takes care of everything. So it's, it, this is just a whole different way that I've, that I've heard talking about these archetypes, you know, the bodhisattvas, that it's like, I don't know that it's actually invoking them when you're going about your day, but maybe that's what it is, or maybe it's just being aware that um, that's what it is when, when you do change your habit pattern, you find spaciousness or wisdom, you know, comes in in a moment from apparently out of nowhere. I mean, it just, that's, that's Manjushri. So, um, so, this, so the secret is, as I said, to remember the compassion of Buddha. And because if, if otherwise, um, what we do just doesn't really make sense, he says. Doesn't make sense if we're not thinking of this compassion of the Buddha. So, in short, we put emphasis on our warm heart and warm zazen. And the warm feeling and practice is, in other words, enlightenment, Buddha's mercy, Buddha's compassion, Buddha's mind. Isn't that incredible? I mean, to say a sentence like that, it just wowed me. The warm feeling in our practice, that tender care that we um, tender care that brings about this warmth that we have is actually enlightenment compassion buddhist compassion and buddhist mind so returning to zazen just taking care of the breath while inhaling and exhaling just like the mother takes care of a child and that that close relationship between mother and child is like being one with your practice. And that's the point of Zazen. And he goes on saying that, you know, we, we have these rules, these forms that we have to follow. 
And he says, occasionally, it's good not to follow them. <laughs> that if you do not follow them, that um, it's an opportunity, actually, for your teacher to, to not criticize you, but um, to help you to be in, to, to involved and improve your practice. And that's what all this is all about. So that's the end of the talk. And I suggest from this to think about being kind to ourselves as we sit and develop that warm feeling that creates true practice. So what I'd like to do is kind of, I thought we could practice with this. Maybe you guys already do all this. Do you do this? I don't. <laughs> Not in this way. Anyway, I thought we could practice it. And so let's see. Nancy, are you the monitor? Yeah, okay. So what I thought we would do um, with instructions first, or 10, we'll, we'll sit for 10 minutes in groups of three. We'll all sit for three minutes. So we would get another, I know you guys, some of you have been sitting for a long time, but another 10 minutes just to practice um, what I've just been talking about, just paying attention to the in, inhalation, the exhalation, and not just paying attention to what, what you're doing, but the way in which it's being done. What is your, you know, having care, feeling tender care towards yourself while you do that. And... And then also at the same time, doing, you know, do the same thing with your posture. You know, if you start to slump, you know, don't slap yourself around. It's, you know, tender care. And then, and then we'll do 15 minutes of discussion. Um, you guys will, or we will, where we talk about that experience and if there was anything any different than before or not. So... Does that seem clear? Any questions? So um, we will do breakout room for three people in one room, right? Yeah, we're 18. So that'll be six and I, I'll be in a breakout room too. Oh, okay. Might as well practice it myself. And so um, so, th so the, here's the questions. I need to go back to this. So, so what do you feel? Um, what, what feeling do you have? you have this warm feeling as you attend to your body and breath and then just share that with your partners that's the official questions see what that experience is like Okay, thank you very much. Um, I was interested. Does anybody have any comments from their discussions with the in the groups? Okay, all righty. Then I guess we got to finish up our uh, our ritual here, and um, and we'll be done. Thank you so much. <laughs>